0: you you have to eat shit for a while and then either bootstrap enough to hire people to kind of fill in your shoes in like certain positions and then, or, you know, raise money and and do that. So...
1: Once upon a time, there were tens of thousands of makers struggling. Every day they built for hours and hours but didn't ship and didn't earn enough income. One day, the No Code Wealth podcast and newsletter came to help them find the way. Because of this, makers became founders and earned the money they deserve. Because of this, founders can have growth, freedom, and wealth until tomorrow no code becomes the next big skill that changes the future of humanity that's what i'm all about hello my name is abdulaziz and from an ethical hacker to european ivy league business graduate to a hypnotherapist to a growth marketer i've lost everything twice and now i'm rebuilding my life one more time one percent a day the no code wealth podcast and newsletter are for the makers and founders who have the proactivity, perspective, and persistence to go on this journey with me and get from experts, as well as the experiences of other makers, the answers about money, marketing, and mindsets, so that makers become earners, earners become founders, and founders get freedom and create wealth. My guest today is a 4X founder. His name is Ryan M., or Ryan Meyer. From his love for wiener dogs, to the University of Duquesne, from selling two companies built with no-code tools, to enjoying going with the flow, Ryan will share lessons, insights, challenges, and we will explore together his newest ideas. Ryan, how are you today?
0: Hello, hello. Thank you for having me.
1: I'm really excited, glad, happy, and ecstatic, all the adverbs and the adjectives. So I would like to ask you, can you share first, what is your story that brought you to be the Ryan M that we know today?
0: Uh, Yeah, so uh, a quick story, I guess. It's just, uh, you know, I've always been kind of selling something uh, from, you know, elementary school, whenever I was selling my classmates, uh, like sports cards for like their families. So basically what I would do is if their parents had a birthday coming up and they, like they had mentioned that I would sell them sports cards of their parents' favorite teams. <laughs> um, cause I just had all these sports cards laying around. Uh, and then whenever I got older, it turned into, Facebook Marketplace had launched and it was doing really well. So basically what I would do is I would like sell things on Facebook Marketplace and then I would have people bring stuff to me and I would sell for a commission. And then that moved into trying to do sh- Dropify shop, drop, drop shipping with Shopify uh, and other things like that, which ended up failing. And then I just moved into the no code space and the crypto space. And I've gone through quite a few journeys there.
1: I understand, and it seems very entrepreneurial and exciting. Just to wonder a bit, you were, actually, you chose to drop out from university, which is very uh, founder-like of you, but also it seems like you wouldn't enjoy being an employee. Can you speak about your personality and temperament and how that affected who you are today?
0: So... I've I've worked for a number of people at different levels. The last real job that I had, which ironically enough, whenever I was going to Duquesne for school before I dropped out, I was going for finance, and I thought that you know I was going to have my career in finance and I was going to like that, and I thought that was my future. And I was a financial analyst intern at a company called Bennington in Pittsburgh, and after. The summer there, I realized I no longer wanted to work in finance anymore. <laughs> and uh, and you know, at the while I was working at Bennington as a financial analyst, I was also working for a cryptocurrency startup. It's called Worry Hash, and it was for basically it was a decentralized hash exchange. And so I was doing these things simultaneously, obviously enjoying Worry Hash much more than I was enjoying Bennington. And so You know, Bennington was kind of established and Worry Hash was this new, exciting startup. I was like the second or first employee. So I was like all in, hands deep, but I was also, you know, going to school while all this was happening. And so that was like kind of my intro into startups. And so, you know, once I got a little taste of that, I knew that's exactly what I wanted to do. Yes,
1: and I love it when things in life happen that way, where something happens and you know that's exactly what you want to do. And as a fellow podcast ho- host to another, I would like to ask you, like, how is your experience podcasting? What do you find challenging about it? What do you find it easy? What's the most enjoyable? And what is your vision for the whole No Code No Problem brand?
0: So I would say the most enjoyable thing for me is what we're doing right now. Conversations, whether that be on an actual episode with someone like yourself or with companies in the space, building the relationships that I have with a lot of the different companies has been a really great time. I've got to meet a lot of amazing founders along the way. So that's probably my favorite part. My least favorite part would be trying to come up with content sometimes because you know it's, it's kind of difficult, especially whenever... My podcast, it's predominantly five-minute episodes. And with that, they're very informative, straight to the point. And so it's almost like uh, a newsletter, except an audio. So trying to, to figure out what topics to cover is, is sometimes, of a chal- sometimes a challenge. Um, but yeah, I mean, the future of No Code No Problem, there's a number of ways that I've been considering taking it I know we have, so there's like a few components. There's obviously the podcast component, the event component, the agency component in terms of like development. So uh, the last project we worked on for someone was we we built a, like a quote generator for freight trucking and then the actual like marketing component of it. So I also do like marketing contracting. So I do like growth hacking and community and, and different things for for some node code companies.
1: I love that, which is a perfect segue for... This next section, which will be about your newest idea, which you're excited about so that we can work on it together, flesh it out, turn it into something much more engaging. Can you share a bit more about that?
0: Yeah. So it's it's based around automation. And if you're familiar with no-code tools, then you should be familiar with tools like Zapier and Integromat. Both are really amazing tools and wow basically zapier is really easy to use for somewhat technical people whenever you put it in front of completely non-technical people they often have no idea how to use it or where to start or, or what they're doing and so that that's the first issue right so if i put that in front of my parents they they can't use it and then the second issue is is that they don't know exactly what to connect, or what to automate. So whenever I was doing customer discovery calls, the the common theme was, okay, like you can automate things. I'm not entirely sure how to automate them, but I don't even know what I can automate. So basically, for me, the two segues to taking automation and turning it into the industry that we want to see is, one, creating the easiest tool to use. And so... It's like V1's kind of doing this right now in the no-code mobile app space. And because, like I said, somewhat technical people thrive using Adalo, but it is still somewhat technical. Same thing goes with Zapier. So creating that really, really awesome user experience that is like the most non-daunting, that's going to be really important. And that's what I've been working on a lot with designers. And then also uh, prescription. So in my opinion, I think the future of automation, obviously, like, Zapier and Integromat, you can connect whatever you want, you can send data to and from, do whatever you need to do. But I think the real power lies in actually prescribing automations. So being able to watch what people are doing and then take those flows that they're doing and then prescribe them automations that they can just turn on and off if their accounts are authenticated.
1: I love the idea. And I believe wholeheartedly that simplifying processes can be a competitive advantage But let's go even, you know, more basic. Is there really an urgent need for non-technical people who are not using Integromat, uh, Zapier and Adalo for your new tool? Because what happens is people don't really switch for better. They switch for much, much better or totally different, Mm -hmm. if you know what I mean which is what a lot of people might make as a mistake. I'm not saying that you're making it. So let's speak really. The people who you said during customer discovery calls, they were saying, oh, we have the ability to automate things, but we're not sure how or what. Was that something that you helped them discover or was it a need that was there and they were saying to you, oh my God, I need this, but I don't know what to do. And it's so difficult.
0: Yeah. So, you know, obviously people need automations, right? So whenever I first started in... No, no, no,
1: no, please. You know, because when marketing, it doesn't work that way. People need automation. That's wonderful. But do people know and actively seek the, the better solution than what is already there? You know what I mean? Because You can say people need salad, but no, they love burger more, you know, like people need to work out, but they don't work out. They prefer to sit on the couch. People need to have human connection, but no, they prefer to be on Instagram, just swiping. So we're going with what people, the way people behave. And the way to have an idea that works is for people to already understand that there is a need and not find any solution that satisfies it out there to their criteria.
0: Yeah. So, I, I mean, out of the people that I've talked to, I talked to quite a number of people that did not like Zapier because they thought it was too complicated. And it was like, they went in, they started to use it a little bit, and then they just completely stopped. They're like, okay, like this isn't worth trying to learn. And you know, while I didn't have that issue with Zapier, at least you know the second time around a lot of people do, so I think that their their churn is is relatively high just because of that
1: that's that's wonderful, and that can be because i I'm thinking about the five elements that create a really good offer, and one of them is specificity and to think about it, this is a wonderful target market, people who have tried automation software but gave up that is specific that lets you know how to speak to them and although it's not like there isn't a direct route to speak to them directly but within the community they can identify themselves when you say did you try zapier and you just gave up this is the newer the the solution you know what i mean
0: in terms of like so Obviously, like that's one target group that, you know, we, we want to get on. And in my opinion, because this is this is what I've seen. It's like, all right, once you, you know, get them on your platform, no code in particular, every no code company that I've talked to and that I've worked with, they have really high churn, like from Bubble to Adalo to literally every single one. <laughs> so obviously that's a problem. And so, one thing that I think is really important is the prescription element, right? So whenever you're actually using the tool and it's prescribing you things, it's it's almost we're treating it as almost as if almost as if it's a human, right? So whenever your friend refers something to you, you usually take it pretty seriously, right? Yes, yeah, so that's kind of how we're trying to treat this. We're trying to treat it as we're your friend and we're just like okay we're referring this to you and this is going to save you this much time
1: okay if i understood you correctly what you will do is first you will create ui that is much much simpler and easier to use than what is available out there for automation and you will have workflows that are ready to plug and play as they say, that will fit most people's needs and therefore they don't even have to mess with it. They can just choose that workflow and do a, a few things and it will be prescribed to them and ready to use. Is this correct?
0: yeah, and that'll be done so that'll be done through our Chrome extension okay,
1: so, so for example, the if, they the are, yeah, so if they are yeah, so if they're anywhere like on an app or anything and they check your Chrome extension it shows the workflows available that connect with that api or app or website or anything correct that's great and i I'm, I'm not like trying to sound negative but what i do is i try first to like kill the idea and if it survives then we make it better if, if that makes any sense so mm-hmm. what stands in the way of when you get noticed integromat and zapier they just look at it and think wow wonderful idea and then one week later they have all their coders working on it and they just replace you
0: i mean that's assumed well okay so that's that's completely fair question so i mean we have to think about who we're targeting right a lot of the time Integromat. so we're, we're targeting like i said before the people that are using integromat and zapier or trying to use it per se and think it's too complicated okay so once we have them on here and we we offer them these prescriptions and we offer them this super easy experience, I don't think even if Zapier or Integromat came out with the same exact Chrome extension, people were going to switch because they've already, one, they've already like associated us with, you know, that referral, like that kind of, and that's why we're trying to take like the friendly approach. We want to be like, our tool wants to be like their friend, right? And then on top of that, you know, you can switch over and use their Chrome extension, but we they don't offer that same super non-technical user experience.
1: You know, I love your idea. So that, you know, I really encourage new ideas. And since we're doing right now is a thought experiment to really test it like Tesla, Nikola Tesla, when he used to think up of his inventions and let them play in his mind and speed up 40 years or 100 years into the future to know where the cracks will be. So he fixes them before he even begins. So, to ask you an even, okay, a specific question mm-hmm. How much will this cost you to develop and how many customers would you need to at least cover your costs?
0: Yeah. So, to I mean, obviously, development costs are like ongoing, They're, they just never go away. Um, but let's just say, ballpark let's say probably going to cost somewhere between 10 to 20 K to get out like the initial MVP.
1: Okay. 10 to 20 K. And how many people would you need to cover those costs? Which means, well, how much will you expect to charge?
0: Yeah. For, so for, I think for the initial plan, we'll be like char- So we're going to have the, uh, Starter plan, the semi-pro plan, or the sort of pro plan, and then the pro plan. And so if we just are... Say we're just selling the uh, initial plan, the starter plan, we would need 2,500 paying customers to reach that uh, 20K mark. And that would be... But that would be 20K MRR, right? (laughs) Yes. So, so, I mean, obviously, it would be less than that if we're just talking total. Um, But I do have some uh, different things in like the pipeline in terms of like pre sales so I can try and self-fund it myself uh, you know in terms of like yeah. at, once we get it close like some different like deals that are really really attractive to people that are already using Zapier or Integromat but want it to be more cost efficient uh, because ultimately right now Zapier and I'm not entirely sure about Integromat but we'll, we'll use Zapier as the example Zapier charges I want to say two to three cents per zap um whenever you use any other plans and that's i think it's like 2.3 cents per zap if you're doing like an annual plan or something like that and it costs them for that same zap it costs them not like less than a cent like far less than a cent so like their margins are disgusting <laughs> um so i i'm i'm willing to you know, go to Ascent for like those initial 100 customers that are willing to like invest in, say, 25,000 of, let's just call them zaps. still, 25,000 zaps. So that way we can get, you know, maybe 25 to 50K up front. And then that, you know, really helps fund things uh, over the next like couple months.
1: So you'll have a kind of Kickstarter where people will invest and in exchange, they will get really low zap or uh, whatever the name will be rate correct
0: yeah so yeah i mean that'll be after we get people in and actually using it and break it a few times (laughs) which is a
1: dangerous thing i mean it's much better to try it now and see whether people actually are willing to invest even before trying it that's the whole idea be behind mvp and if you can get paid even before you build the mvp i I really suggest that will be the route. And to test it even further, why right now? What is, what change in the world that makes people need your tool? Because what in the world right now makes this right time to start your business?
0: Okay, yeah, that's fair. So, Right now, I would say th- this is the right time because there is no existing solution that is easier than integramat and zapier. That's that's basically the fall to uh the fall, kind of like the fall guy, right? So if you look at like the no code space and, and web apps or like basic websites, a lot of people that come into the space, they will try bubble, right? And so they they use bubble for like maybe two hours and then they're like, I hate it, I can't use it let me do something else. So then they'll move down. And a lot of times people will go from bubble and then they'll instantly go to card card.co. And because of this card does really well. And so whenever, like you, if you go on Twitter and you see people that are like, what's, you know, what's an easier what's something easier to use other than bubble. And people were always recommending to start off with card. So there's no like p- place where people are going to start off in automations. And while, you know, makers, it it makes sense for, for makers to, to be automating things, people like students and like automating things like in their Google sheets and their notes and sending them to Quizlet to automatically make Quizlets and then automating, automatically sending that to your friends then and and getting into the schools, I think is extremely useful as well, because then once they get out of school, they're going to be in their career path. And then they're going to be able to use those same things in their career path.
1: That's great. Can you begin with this target market students
0: absolutely i know them very well because they're i have a lot of friends that are students
1: (laughs) okay yes we can and not any kind of student correct the students who have tried automation and they hated it
0: yep yeah so a a lot of business students specifically are, are exactly who i've talked to so business students and okay
1: so let let me think about but let's say what would be the reason why people should join now because you know in marketing deadlines or urgency or scarcity drives more subscriptions and buying just leaving it open for now or later especially when you're new people Mm -hmm. say well i'll leave it until people tested and i see reviews And if they like it and it gets reputation later on, I will try it. So there needs to be something like a bonus or a price reduction or some special offer or like a limited time free course that teaches them how to use it uh, or um, like your own personal support for the first 100 people that you will answer their messages or join in a community for the Mm -hmm. first 1,000 people or something like that. So can you think of something that is easy for you, high value for you and for them that you can include as a push for people to get to that 2,500 faster?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, obviously one that you mentioned that, well actually two that you've mentioned that are going to be crucial is obviously the community and <clears throat> uh, Slack groups have worked very well for other companies. And I've done like work with Slack with communities for other companies. And I think that's really huge. And then also, actually three that you've touched on. The We mentioned the pricing earlier. So like the, basically, if you put up this much money now, you'll have, you know, this many Zaps or whatever they're called to use over the lifetime of your account. And it's going to be obviously a significant chunk. A lot of people probably won't even hit that number. And then the last thing is the support, right? So my favorite example of support is the first true like no-code tool that I ever used or at least that got me into the no-code space was Glide and I remember it was like I was one of their first paying customers and I I messaged I did like their live support on their website. It was like it might have been Christmas day and uh and the founder like he he messaged me back and he's like, Hey, can I get back to you tomorrow? Like I'm, I'm spending Christmas with my family, but like, here's like, here's an answer, but I'll get back to you more in depth tomorrow. And I was like, like, that's awesome. Right. And that's like, I think that's one of the ways that you definitely build community is being super personable and uh, just showing that you're really there for like your customers.
1: Wow. Now you're opening a whole different can of worms, which is, the effect on calendar, which is something I also work with people on to protect their calendar. Let's speak about this. If you wish to create it, to maintain it, to keep it bug free, and to do a lot of the community work, as well as being personable when you respond to people in the support, and maybe even do like live stream classes, how many hours per week will this require? (laughs) Uh, Because that's a big problem. A lot of makers, they're just getting a low minimum wage job, (laughs) thinking that they're they're starting a business to get freedom and all they get is a golden prison where (laughs) they will make money, but literally they won't have time to enjoy it or spend it. And all their free time, they'll be laying in bed tired from all the work and their brains will be buzzing with so many problems and contradictory requests that they just it becomes hell on earth so let's see really think how many days will you actually have free christmas will you be there because understand that the way you begin it people will expect that and will demand it if you think oh. of for the first three months, I'll be there every day, 10 hours a day, and then I'll get lower and lower. What happens is people later will reduce their rating and say, oh, he was so nice before, but now he got too big and became arrogant and he just ignores his fans. We brought him to, you know what I mean? They will be speaking like that and it's human nature because they don't understand the reality. So let's speak about the effect on your calendar.
0: Yeah. I mean, realistically, like hourly wise, you know, right now it's, kind of pumping stuff out it's not it's nothing too crazy it still gives me time to do a lot of other things but realistically you know in the next three months I, I suspect to be putting up even more hourly or more hours per week so we'll probably be I'll probably be doing like at least 50 hours a week whenever this thing's like churning like whenever we're moving and we have people using it and answering support requests and you know just basically everything that you mentioned and you know I'm okay with that honestly. Because I mean, that's the the part of every startup, right? It's like you you have to eat for a while and then either bootstrap enough to hire people to kind of fill in your shoes in like certain positions and then or, you know, raise money and, and do that. So,
1: yes. And the problem, though, when you're working 50 hours per week, your brain isn't clear enough to do good decisions when it comes to hiring, to systemization, to all that stuff, what is your solution? Do you have a partner, a co-founder, other people who are already involved, even volunteers who believe in the mission?
0: Uh, I mean, I definitely have some more so advisors uh, that you know are great people, and they are you know very intelligent. Um, but one person that I think is going to be essential down the road that is really good at the operational things and. Everything in terms of like, yeah, like operations and setting things up so, you know, founders can focus on what's important. Her name's Sam, Samantha, uh, Samantha Allen, Samantha Allen, August, I believe her name is. Um, I just call her Sam, but super smart woman. And uh, she I think like whenever I can get things rolling, she's going to be really essential to the to the puzzle.
1: I love it. So if I can summarize it and let's agree, you're target now which can change or grow later would be business students those you can begin with to get the ball roll, rolling is this true
0: yeah i would say i mean obviously like that's subject to change most businesses that changes like you just said um but yeah i, I want to start with business students and i kind of want to have a little pilot program on the side where i'm working with uh, with a like more b2b uh because i think there's a lot of business there's a lot of businesses, especially with administrative, uh, administratively, uh, like I've talked to administrators at, in different businesses that are doing kind of the, the work that can sort of be automated. And whenever I talk with them, like I said, this is, and this is honestly what inspired the prescription idea was after talking with them, like it's very clear that parts of their jobs can be automated, but they don't know exactly what those things are that can be automated. So if you can save, you know, a company, or so say an administrator is spending twenty hours a week on something that can be automated, or or not twenty hours a week, twenty hours every two weeks, twenty hours a month, whatever that may be. You know, that's money that is being pulled from the business and paying for someone to do, even though it can be automated. And so, if you're taking that and automating it, then that frees up twenty there twenty hours a week to do more value added problems or m- more value added tasks.
1: Okay, so businesses want to increase the value by doing value-added activities. And you have spoken to a lot of business owners. They don't know that there are many aspects to their business that can be easily automated. And right now, they're paying an administrator or that admin's time is lost, wasted, doing manually things that can be easily automated. And what you offer as a solution, as somebody who has experienced the joy of using easier no-code tools and the joy of uh, the no-code space is a new service that is much, much simpler for non-technical people to create automations in their business and even have already ready prescriptions and workflows that they can plug and play so that it takes seconds for them to have the certainty and the ease and the automation that they need in their business so that they can save money save man hours and use all that time on the activities that increase their profit and the businesses who will join this will benefit from two things or more Its employee morale will improve because they're not doing mindless actions, which make them feel like they're workhorses rather than valued employees. The administrators and all those people are actually wasting the most valuable thing, which is human hours, on mindless activities, and the benefits is are. You can be sure that every single day, no important task that can be automated is missed because it's working like clockwork as well as having the ability to save time and direct resources into high ROI activities that will multiply your profit, which means that this is actually not a cost. It's freeing capital for you to invest into multiplying your revenue and growth and therefore it's not an expense. The money becomes actually almost free.
0: Yep. Exactly.
1: So that can be the message that you have and your let's let's think about the word. I mean that's a message. I, I I noticed that your voice sounded like you were writing or something like that. <laughs> let's Because every business should have one word that represents it. So what will be the word for you? Would it be like saving opportunity cost? I love that. You can say that actually. The word that you stand for is opportunity cost. That every day they spend without using your tool, they're wasting valuable man hour and that can be redirected or freed up to do something that will bring more money to the business. And therefore, you are the the embodiment of perfect um, use of opportunity cost.
0: That's really good.
1: <laughs> wow. Thank you.
0: You, you, so, do this, you do this a lot, don't you?
1: <laughs> yeah, I've been doing this for like... 15 years now i love this stuff it's like i was looking for always to find what am i best at it's crystallizing first you know i tried to be harsh in the beginning because if i can if i can kill the idea it means the market will kill it and that's why i tried first you know to to find all the holes and make you show me that they're not holes and you showed me especially that when you have these two targets i try to help you with the business because i'm sure that with the students you will find it much much easier and therefore this is your message what i gave you and that's exactly what i take for example or you or whoever is that will do it is what needs to be on the page it's what needs to be in the emails it's what needs to be in the welcome video so that people understand it is what needs to be repeated in your twitter for this new automation thing this is the thing and anything else you speak about you just distract from this message and if you this i'll tell you the most important thing is trust and the reality is that humans trust people who seem to be consistent and therefore if you don't, if you change your message, like one day you say, "Oh, this helps you for man hour," blah blah blah. Another day, we'll say, "Oh, this is so pleasant to use; it will be so fun to enjoy." And they're like, "What is it for? For opportunity costs and money, or is it fun?" Uh, I don't understand these people. Bye bye. You know, we we need yeah. consistency afterwards. You know.
0: Gotcha. Yeah.
1: Any questions you have about this or a bit about anything else? Because we're almost done, and I will allow you of course to share your links and everything but do you have any questions for me about this or anything else
0: yeah i mean <laughs> i just what like right right there whatever you came up with the word and you just started going off like what what went through your mind like how did you you're like an artist like you know how musician. <laughs> Like, you. you're like you're like a musician but for like doing this stuff (laughs) for
1: for for creating marketing and messaging because this is what it is you know when you create this all the marketing becomes easy you will know what to say and everything correct because that's you will know even when you call them on the phone you say this this that and the other or when you tell a story about the customer you say this business came to me and they were struggling they had three administrators and they were paying them six thousand or more per month to work on on such and such stuff and they came to us and now they're they're paying four hundred dollars and they're getting the same thing done and that rest of money they're spending it on ads and they're getting more leads and those leads are turning into money and their business grew double because of us and blah blah you know like you're just speaking about this message in in all the possible ways and it becomes that's your identity, your DNA. That's what I create the DNA of businesses. But what went through my mind, it's because of experience. I know exactly what people like. I put myself in the shoes of the customer and then they think, okay, what do I need to hear for me to believe in this business and to give them money? And that's what I told you is two things, what they need to believe and as well as proof because um, or advantages or benefits depends on on the, the idea Per se, but thank you because not only you, it was Yaroslav told me something similar, and I told him the story of Picasso that he was once in a restaurant and an old woman came to him and she said, "Oh, Mister Picasso, my, my daughter really loves you, and my grandson, can you please scribble uh, something on this piece of paper, please? They will be so ecstatic." And he took and he did a drawing in sixty seconds and gave her, and he said thank you, that will be $1 million. And she was like, no, Mr. Picasso, what do you mean? It's 60 seconds and you tell me a $1 million? He told her, well, my lady, it took me 40 years to be able to do that in 60 seconds. So (laughs) so that's so bad.
0: Basically what you're saying is expect the invoice after we get off here. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Thank you, I'm sharing, you know, with the the community. And even more, um, if anybody listening right now would, review my podcast and contact me afterwards at no code wealth in the on twitter i will do this for them for free on a call or anything just to contribute to the community because really i used to be part of the coding community more than a decade ago and everybody was wonderful and awesome but then it became absolutely a mess and everybody hates everybody and everybody hits themselves and everybody wants to commit suicide so i love about the no code community that sense of like brotherhood and family and sisterhood and like helping each other and that excitement for the future that is there so uh, i try to support as much as i can and what i do is i create help them create engage in marketing that will turn their business into profit rather than them wasting their energy and time and money to create an idea just to watch it flop and be disappointed and disappoint those who counted on them and believed in them and that's very bad because good people should not lose just because they spend their time on developing skills and just didn't have time to develop their marketing it's not right
0: yeah no, absolutely i definitely want to you know I don't want this to be our only conversation.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Thank you very much. And, um, you know, to end this podcast episode, could you please share more about where can people find you? Where can they go uh, to hear more about your latest projects and if they want to communicate with you?
0: Yeah. Um, So if they want to communicate with me directly, the best way to do that is through Twitter. Uh, Just Ryan Meyer on Twitter. And, uh, or no code, no problem on Twitter. Either way, I'll answer. And, uh, or if you want to go on my website, it's nocodepodcast.co. And I have a live chat feature there. You can kind of see what I've been working on and stuff. And, uh, if you, you know, you want to chat me up, just shoot me a message on my live chat and then we can take the conversation from there.
1: It was a pleasure, Ryan, to have you today. I've been looking forward to this and I thank you for your time.
0: No, thank you. I really appreciate it. You're an awesome guy. Thank mm-hmm. you.